This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. It feels a little bit strange to, to come now to talk about the atonement given the songs that we've sung, which have spoken about atonement, focused on the death of, of Jesus, given that we've just celebrated communion, reminding ourselves of the death of Jesus. But the task before us is to talk about the atonement, and the events of Easter weekend changed history. Here we are, over 2,000 years later, still gathering, still coming together to remember and celebrate them. But you might ask yourself, if you haven't quite figured it out yet, by the songs, by communion, what exactly happened on that Friday? And why does it matter? We've sung a lot about it. You may know, Jesus was crucified. He died on a Roman cross, but why is his death such a big deal? Our church has been going through this teaching series called Big Questions. And today the question before us is, what is the atonement? Now, you may have heard the word atonement before, but if you haven't, it means to to make amends for wrongdoing. It's a very basic, simple dictionary definition. In Christianity, however, we take a little bit more of a specific focus in the definition. Definition is going to come up on the screen, so when we refer to the atonement, this is what we're talking about. The atonement is the work Jesus Christ did on the cross to secure our salvation and reconcile us to God. The atonement is absolutely critical to Christianity. It is a core teaching. It's a pillar of our faith. It really matters. Charles Spurgeon has said, to deny the great doctrine of atonement by the blood of Jesus Christ is to hamstring the gospel and to cut the throat of Christianity. So it's crucial that we understand this, that we have an answer to this big question, not only for our own lives, but so that we can also explain it to other people, what it is that we believe, what it is that actually happened. And there's no better day to talk about the atonement than on Good Friday, the day that it happened. So we're going to look at two different aspects this morning of the atonement. Um, The first aspect that we're going to talk about is this idea of the sacrifice, The sacrifice. In order to talk about sacrifice properly, we need to back up a little bit and kind of paint a broad picture. The Bible plainly teaches, it's straight up clear teaching, that every single person on the planet has sinned, has fallen short, has disobeyed, has rebelled against God, perfect, holy, creator, God of the universe. We've all chosen our own way. That's the teaching of the Bible. And the teaching of the Bible goes on, and it also says that the results, the wages, or the penalty for sin is death. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. No matter who we are, no matter how good we think we are, or how much good we've done to try to balance things out, the sad reality is that we all deserve the same sentence of eternal death from a just God. Nothing can remove, nothing we can do can remove the stain and guilt of sin. And God could have left it at that. You have sinned. You deserve judgment. 
I'm holy, I'm perfect, I'm just, I'm going to now punish you for that. And he could have left it at that, and he still would have been perfect and holy and just and all and good. But he didn't leave it at that. See, God is also loving, he's also gracious, he's also merciful, and he came up with a plan. And what we see in the Old Testament, we see the institution of animal sacrifices to help pay for sin. Because, again, the wages of sin is death. Something has to die for sin. And so different animals would be offered up. Maybe a bull, maybe a goat, maybe, or lamb. And let's say that I had been the one who sinned. And if I had a flock, maybe I would take a lamb from my own flock and I would kill it, spill its blood, and offer it up in my place to atone for sin. But the problem with animal sacrifices is they don't eternally pay for our sin. They don't make complete atonement. A man needed to pay for man's sin. But where, oh where, would we ever find a sinless, perfect man? And then if you found that man, how would you convince that man to go and die in your place? How would you do that? Well, the Sunday school answer is the real true answer is that Jesus is that man. The Son of God. The second member of the Trinity. Fully man. He came to earth. Born of the Virgin Mary. Fully man. And he lived a perfectly obedient life. Completely sinless. And then he willingly offered himself as a sacrifice for you and for me. Hebrews 9.26 says, But as it is, He, referring to Jesus, He has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. As was read earlier, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world. Why? That we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Sacrifice. He loves you so much that He willingly did that. I mean, think in terms of school, report cards. right? You try to make the grade, you get your report card, you're hoping for good grades. Now, imagine you get the report card from God and you open it up and it's just F, 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 F. Fail. I don't, do they even give F's anymore? God does. Okay? And, and that's the only report card that matters. No matter what we do to try to make the grade, we can't, we can't change our F's to A's. We need A's. We need straight A's. We can't, we can't even change our F's to C's. But Jesus, the only person whose report card has straight A's, looks at every single one of us and says, give me your F's. Give me all of your F's. Every report card, give me them all. I'll suffer for your F's. Not only that, you can also have my A's. We deserve to pay. We deserve to die. But Jesus has intervened. And it was not a pretty intervention. He suffered. He died brutally. We don't like to talk about it often. We may hear he was crucified, or we may even read in the Bible, and they crucified him. And as we read that, we can fail to understand the agony of the cross. So I have a description here. 
says this, a criminal who was crucified was essentially forced to inflict upon himself a very slow death of suffocation. When the criminal's arms were outstretched and fastened by nails to the cross, he had to support most of the weight of his body with his arms. The chest cavity will be pulled upward and outward, making it difficult to exhale in order to be able to draw a fresh breath. But when the victim's longing for oxygen became unbearable, he would have to push himself up with his feet. By pushing upward, the criminal could fend off suffocation, but it was extremely painful because it required putting the body's weight on the nails holding the feet and bending the elbows and pulling upward on the nails driven through the hands or wrists. The criminal's back, which had been torn open by a previous flogging, would scrape against the wooden cross with each breath. Eventually, the criminal would yield and suffocate and die. That's crucifixion. That's what Jesus went through. And not only did he experience the physical pain of crucifixion, Jesus also bore the weight of sin. Past, present, future sin on himself. And as well as, as, in, as that, he endured the wrath of God directed towards sin. It was read earlier, but I'm going to read a little bit more of Isaiah 53. Start at verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the truth of the atonement, the truth of Good Friday, the truth of the cross is that God the Father placed on his only Son, Jesus Christ, the iniquities of us all. So that he might pay the penalty for sin, which would provide a way. In fact, it's the only way that sinners could be forgiven and obtain salvation. When we think about this, it should make us uh, be at a loss for words. It should get us to a place of heart-wrenching emotion. When you think, why would he do that? How amazing is it that he would do that? You look, and you say, he would sacrifice himself for people like me? It should be me on the cross. I'm the one that screwed up. I'm the one that sinned. He didn't do anything wrong. And yet he did it. Willingly. Willingly. Somebody had to pay the price. But praise God, someone has paid the price. And his name is Jesus. He went forth in our place. If there's four words, four words that will help you remember today. Just Jesus in my place. Take those four words home with you. The perfect sacrifice for sin. He satisfied the demands of God's justice towards sin. This is why the atonement matters. This is why we talk about it. And it's because of his sacrifice on the cross and what Jesus has done that we can even begin to talk about the second aspect of the atonement, which is being reconciled to God. This idea of the reconciliation. 
relationship. We all understand, I would assume, what it's like to have rifts in relationships, problems, discord, lack of peace or harmony. It could be a, a fight with a friend. It could be an issue with a coworker that never happens here. It never happens here. We're good. It could be a boss, employee thing, whatever, right? Um, or it could be a deep betrayal of a family member, even a spouse. We understand this. And on a grander scale, when we look at the news, and you think about the conflict of nations against nations, or nations within their own nation, the fighting, the, the, the lack of harmony, and we, we long for peace. Why can't there be peace? Why can't there be reconciliation? Why can't there be restoration? We, we, we might, in our own families, in our own friendships, we might apologize. We try to do whatever it takes to, to make amends. I'm so sorry. What can I do to make it up to you? And see, ever since that first sin in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, the relationship between people and God had been severed, had been broken. There was a rift. The biggest relational rift we will ever experience and have ever experienced. In fact, the Scripture says that because of sin, we were enemies of God. Sin caused this hostility between us. But again, the beauty of the atonement is that God, God, God took the initiative. God has done whatever it takes to mend the broken relationship. He sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself, to bring peace where there was hostility. Listen to 1 Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins the righteous... For the unrighteous, that's us. Why? That he might bring us to God. That he might bring us to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. Listen to this. All of this is from God. Okay, He takes the initiation. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So our relationship is restored, and then he also says, now go and you get to tell other people that their relationship with me can be restored because of what Jesus has done. This is what has happened on Good Friday. The atonement restores the relationship with God. Because of Good Friday, because of the atonement, your relationship with God can be restored. You can be reconciled with God right now, today. You can have a personal, harmonious relationship with the creator of the universe. You can move from being an enemy of God to a dearly loved child of God. God loves you so much. You may have heard that. You may have heard that. You probably have heard that. But it's true. It's actually true. Good Friday proves that it's true. Proves that He loves you. It wasn't just something to do on a Friday. Our sin required payment. Man, we've talked about that a lot today. But we need to hear it. Our sin required payment. But sufficient payment has been made. The check cleared, so to speak. 
There's no further balance owing. When Jesus was on that cross and He said, it is finished. He means the full price had been paid. So now it's possible for us to be forgiven, to be welcomed into the family of God. That's what Good Friday is all about. That's where we say, thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Thanks Thanks be to God. He made a way for us.